Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Edge and Flow podcast. Welcome back to the Edge and Flow podcast. <laughs> As we resume, at, I'm TJ Schwartz. I'm here with Lucas Burnley, and we are having a good old time, and we are pulled in many directions, many good directions, though. Uh, and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys again after, what, a couple of weeks? Yeah, man. You and I haven't even talked for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. This has so been... You, you skipped the country. You got to tell us about yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that first first part of of hectic summer was a family vacation to France, um, which was absolutely awesome. Also crazy because, you know, you're traveling with two little kids and we're, you know, flying and taking trains and running around on the subway in Paris and stuff like that. But man, so good. Um, took a laptop with me, took my sketchbooks and touched none of it. Yeah, I uh, must have needed a like a disconnect. That I, I tend to have a similar situation where when yeah. I kind of bring stuff, it uh, it's hard to get it to work that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah. literally, it just didn't, it didn't cross my mind. I think combination of like you know jet lag and then being kind of busy during the days and also wanting to just be present with the kids and Maddie mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. makes like a kind of a perfect storm for yeah. not not working. Well, that's good though. That's yeah. good. Yeah. We, yeah, felt good. we were going to record one last episode and I think it was going to be a bit of a heads up about this delay. Yep. And then it was 4th of July. So it kind of just turned into a stack <laughs> of like, you're leaving right after the 4th of July. I'm gone for the 4th of July. And then now you're back. So we kind of, yep. kind of left you guys hanging. So sorry about that. Yeah. But. This is, this, this has been a big pause. And then you were going to do like a mini sode, which you yeah. didn't do, right? Uh, yeah. I had plans about halfway through when you were in France, I was like, you know, I should probably let these people know that we're not dead yep. and like do a, do a solo episode. And I, I had it, like the list is right in front of me. I still have that on the list and I didn't go to France, so I don't have anything to complain about, but I did get pulled in a bunch of directions and basically yeah, my list that I haven't been working on stalled out. And that was below where I got to on the list. I like, I like that our last episode was essentially like the first episode of what is success for a knife maker? Mm-hmm. And then we just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Probably not ideal. All right. So I want to hear what, what you've got going on because you were running pretty fast before I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you may be busier now. So what's, what's going on yeah. in your world? Yeah. So Overland sports have been shipping. And nice. when I, when I say shipping, like we've been shipping more than we've ever shipped of anything ever in terms of like, how efficient we've gotten with them. So there, I mean, production on those has been just a, a dream, honestly, really, really kind of fun. I mean, just to see how fast things move and yeah, we're happy with really happy with the quality and stuff. And so we're charging through the orders that were placed when we launched that still. Um, and today we're getting set up to machine more of them because we'll have shipped that first round that we machined. Um, and so working on working on that the overland sports kind of been the main thing but also maintaining the overland and the confidant in the meantime right um and then had to pivot to machining the confidant bevels because tactile ground the first large batch and then we just ran out of those so we're now i had to modify the fixture to do that um and so just just keeping up with orders i mean that's basically been priority number one um and then a week ago, uh, the my, there's a family cabin on my wife's side, and it's just kind of a small, you know, no plumbing kind of simple little deal, and it kind of sits halfway over a bit of a of a bog in mm-hmm. the spring where the runoff kind of muddies the ground, and the thing was sinking. Um, we kind of found out like this year that it's actually at risk of like losing the cabin if it like goes much further in terms oh, of wow. the damage it could sustain. So we just kind of all hands on deck spent like four or five days up there. Just kind of all the, all the guys in the family went up together and brought a tractor and uh, entire pallet of concrete and like all this stuff. And just kind of got lost in a, in a world of no cell phone service, like digging holes and pouring concrete. It sounds amazing. And it was absolutely amazing. I, I was telling my brother-in-law in the middle of it, I was like, dude, this is, this is fun for me because yeah. it's like a complete, it, I don't know, Zen, like change it's work, it's hard work, but it's like a change, you know, and it, it was good. Um, but yeah, that was right smack in the middle and that kind of sucked a lot of focus and energy. Um, but it was well worth it. And we, I think we're successful. 
Dude, but, that's amazing. That's like good. Like, I don't know that that hits a lot of high points as far as like doing a project with family, doing a project that supports family. And it's like something that has like brought memories, you know, yeah. enjoyed all you. That's like a pretty good. It's like good team. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good experience for sure. Nice, man. We, there was more than a couple of beers. That we yeah. Drank. I would imagine. Yeah. As long as the beer doesn't start until like the majority of the day's yeah, work is yeah. done, it usually goes okay. Yeah. We held <laughs> off just long enough. We got no all the need, tractor work done first, I guess. Yeah. No one needs Uncle Steve with the breakfast beer on the tractor. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was a party and we, we had fun. Nice, man. But that, I mean, that's like, this kind of ties into to, into the last pod, which is some of some of the thoughts around like I think success at this point are like around resiliency, because there is no way to avoid like unforeseen uh, demands on your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're basically in the in the same boat. So like I I think I had like briefly mentioned like where my dad's coming to live with us. Mm-hmm. So. We basically, we got back from France and we started putting together a room for him and Maddie's been helping like figure out like services locally and all this stuff. And, uh, man, it just takes time. And so what that looks like on my end is a planned vacation and then essentially, um, a month of really not being able to work like fits and spurts here and there, Mm -hmm. but being busy, I leave today for Portland, um, have some stuff going on up at CRKT. And then I'm going to head over to Seaside just to check out, um, the PNWCI show, but I had to pull from the show due to everything else going on. So basically I get to go and visit, but didn't have time to actually build for it. And this, like, I think man, like this is going to keep increasing. Like as kids get older, as the complexities of business increase, I think that this becomes this becomes a process that we actually just have to learn to be okay with and like mm-hmm. function around, right? It's like a fire. There's like fire drills almost. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's it look like if you can't work and make an income for six weeks? Yeah, you know. Yeah, where's yeah. the resiliency? The the demands on time is something that I've brought into focus this year really, really heavily this summer, yeah. particularly like it's I'm reevaluating a lot heavily as far as just what am I saying? Yes to, I say, I think is like the, the best way to put it for me. Dude, yeah. That's um, like, they always say that's like one of the first, like your marks kind of, you know, of success. I'm doing like air quotes right now is like what you can say no to. Right. Cause early, early days, it's like you take every opportunity. Cause they're right. all good. And, and you don't know, you don't know what's going to shake out, you know? Um, but then as you start to like, I don't know, find a flow, you, you have to say no. Mm-hmm. What are you ultimately like right now? What are you feeling like you're saying no to? Uh, well, first and foremost, I was planning on going to that Oregon. Was it Pacific? Mm-hmm. knife invitation. I know what? PNWCI Pacific P- Northwest yeah. custom invitational. Yeah. So, so I was just going to attend as far as just as a spectator and then also, uh, hang out with CRKT as, as yep. you are. Um, and I feel, I felt bad this week cause going into that, like I got back from that cabin trip on Sunday. Yeah. I turned around with like a two and a half day week before turning around to Oregon is kind of what I had set yep. up. And about two days into those two and a half days, I was like, this is, this is a problem. Like this is, I don't think I can swing this. Um, my Jeep's in the shop right now and Mm -hmm. they didn't get it done. And so I was going to have to get a loaner to make this work. And so just, just a stack up happening. And I'm like, this is giving me so much stress right now for the, a trip that I really want to do. But again, why did I say yes to it? And what are the reasons that are bringing me there? And what are the reasons I need to be here? Yep. Does it still um, bring value? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I just had to make the call. I'm just, I, I can't go, not yeah. going to go. So how do you, are you pretty good? Like when you, when you make a judgment like that, do you spend much time ruminating on it or are you pretty good to be like, Hey, this is my decision. I know the reasons and that, then you're okay with it. Yeah. I ruminated on it honestly for like a week. Yeah. Um, and I kind of told myself, I'm like, if they don't get my Jeep done, then that's probably going to be the linchpin. That's, yeah, and, that's and, the, 
make the, or break. Yeah, yesterday I talked to him and they, you know, it's not ready. So I was like, okay, well, it's probably it. And then I honestly felt an enormous relief um, just because it's like Dalton's crushing it. And while I was yeah. at the cabin, he worked two days where I don't even have service. Right. Um, and it was awesome. But then coming back, trying to get him set up and then leaving for a couple more days, I was yeah. like, starting to feel feel yeah. the weight well, of that and you're and also you're all you've also been out of the house and with the kids mm-hmm. that's like increased load there yeah and that's like so basically i leave today i get back sunday and then i leave for new mexico wednesday yeah new mexico is kind of open-ended um because i don't know exactly how long it's going to take to get my dad squared away but i'm basically gone these two weeks and we've been back since the 21st basically yeah so it's like three days leave three days leave four weeks after we've been gone and you're like <clears throat> there's a point where you can't add there's nothing to add mm-hmm. you know um yeah no i f- i feel for you man that's a that's a gauntlet <laughs> you're you're getting through yeah. it man though well and it's like it's like tied up too because like i'm feeling pretty like creative Right now, my brain wants to work mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of like railing against like the hard stop obligations. Yeah. Is um, there a possibility that this is overall a productive thing? Yeah. That all that, and that's you know the, I mean? the reality of it is like all of well productive. May, how do you mean? I mean, I, I guess productive in that, like the amount of pent up creative energy gotcha. could unleash and you know how you can compress like crazy yeah. amounts of energy into a yeah. small time after you've yeah. got it pent up like that. Yeah. I think, I think one takeaway right now is that this is another like life change where certain types of work, it might like the overall flow, like might benefit it. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to, we're like have another family member that we're going to be caring for my time maybe day to day, like maybe there's some more loads on it, but it also means that kind of just like being around, being with family, you know, not necessarily traveling a lot maybe will affect just like, maybe I'll just, I'm settling in for another phase of like work, like day to day, you know, mm-hmm. Maddie has been wanting chickens. And one of the things that's like kept us from doing it is like, we, we still want to travel and like we, we have been like, whether it's family vacations or like going somewhere for Christmas, it's just the ability to travel was there pretty easily that right now. I'm like, if you kind of, you want chickens, like the chickens aren't more complicated to like care for than my dad. Yeah. So like the two things, like you, if you want to stack it, like go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I'm feeling about work. Like it's probably a good time just to like put my head down and, and kind of really dig in. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like really just still, man, really looking at time, like the show thing is so complicated for me right now because the production is inefficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have, when you have like variable output with a hard deadline and then you have these things that like come in that are kind of just like life, you know, they're going to happen man, it makes it tricky to put them on the book. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. uh, It brings up a a conversation that my dad had on his podcast with a guy that's uh, a guy named Mike Skinner, I believe, who's just kind of a pretty big shot executive, did a lot of really cool things in just the business world. And Mm -hmm. he's retired now, but my dad was interviewing, talking business. And he's made a point. He said, there really is no such thing as a business plan. Right. It's, it's all just a life plan, right? Because a business plan alone is kind of uh, a moot point if it doesn't fit in a life plan. Yep. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot of like, there is no such thing as my business. It's just my life. And it's like the business is part of that. You know what I mean? So I got to think it more holistically, if that makes sense. I think this um, is, I think there's some, there's some stuff that is maybe just like age related or, or experience related. I heard, I recently heard someone say like, water before food, food before coffee. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty good. Like that's Mm -hmm. like a quick, it's like a quick and easy. Um, that idea of business plan. I think a lot of times there are businesses that require a business plan because like you're starting from like probably starting from scratch and it's not something like what we're doing. Mm -hmm. 
I've never had a business plan. There are elements that have been planned and there are maybe elements that have long-term kind of goals, but I'm seeing more and more now that it is the life side and like more importantly, the value side that for me should dictate and align the individual like goals Mm -hmm. and business plan. And that, I think, I don't think I was doing that for a long time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's coming, coming into focus for me and I can't complain. Like, honestly, I got to sit here and say like, things are going really well. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really happy, but it's, I think the best way to describe it is, I think I've said it before, but like a fatigue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like fatigue is the best word for it of just, it's just, I gotta, you know, gotta stop sometime. You know, yeah. just got to sit still. Well, you just, I mean, I think, I think the pauses, whether intentional or, you know, just kind of <laughs> unplanned can be valuable, but also just, just making sure that you, you're not running a hundred percent all the time. <coughs> Sorry, guys, uh, I had a little coughing. <laughs> I'm um, drinking my coffee before my food. So that's what I get. Yeah, can't, can't snort it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of that has, is also is <clears throat> routinely coming into kind of view for me, which like for a long time, I, I really worked towards like, Oh, like life work balance. And I don't know that that like exists for me because like I work with my wife, we have a, we we're self-employed. Like we have kids. I don't know. Like balance is the right like goal necessarily. Like how do you mm-hmm. balance those? I think mm-hmm. it is more just that holistic approach to like, does it work? Mm-hmm. Being okay. If it swings one way or the other, being able to bring it back in, um, I think is, uh, yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I mean, the, I, I gotta say, man, I, I, one of the main things when I was pulling out of that trip is I was really looking forward to like talking of like this kind of conversation, you know yeah, what I mean? Same. With other makers. Um, but I do have one exciting thing and that is that Jesse Jaros nice. is going to that show. I actually don't know if he's, he's exhibiting. He probably is. I haven't seen yet. Um, but he's going to be coming by my shop. Um, and he's got kids that are our kids age and I look forward to hanging out with him because these conversations we're having right here, between makers, uh, yep. I think is, that's what I value a lot. Why, you know, going to those shows and then us having this podcast, I think this is, I look forward to this conversation. And so when you were in France, I was like, where'd my buddy go? You know, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It, yeah. that, that the show aspect, I think that's one of the most important components of it, you know, mm-hmm. is really, it's like just the check-ins. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and seeing buddies and, and getting to kind of like blow off some steam and mm-hmm. get, get feedback. You know, I think, I think for a lot of makers, like there's a lot of guys like probably not doing, you know, you're like stressed out. You're not doing therapy or something. And you're like the show you go there and you get to like vent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a big component. It is. Know? But now but, it's pods. Like, <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> That's why we did this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I wanted to, it's a little bit of a tangent, but I okay. did want to say another update. The turn, Ooh. it has been water jet mm. and it's going to be surface ground shortly. And okay. uh, I'm going to be working on building turn fixtures like soon. I mean, a couple of weeks that's, soon. That's 10 days wild. Maybe. Have, we, have we showed pictures of it yet? Uh, I showed one teaser. Okay. So sweet. We're getting close. All right. That's the fastest production cycle I think I've ever experienced. It's like, it feels slow to me. <laughs> I know. Oh man. What uh okay, so we're halfway through the year. What what is kind of on your agenda for the remainder of the year? Do you have like an overarching goal? Um so the goal is to bring there's two more things that i want to launch this year product wise that's the turn yep and that's coming that's pretty much on the on the precipice and then there's one product that dalton and i were talking about in the shop like a week ago and i've been sharing the idea with a few people and 
we all of a sudden are extremely excited about it. I mean, it's nice. It's one of those ideas where you come up with it. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And then you kind of chew on it and you start talking about it with certain people. And then you're like, wait a minute, this This is is a good good. idea. I think hopefully. Um, And I don't really want to mention, it's not like some totally groundbreaking thing, but I think it is, does have some special things to it. Um, I'll probably talk about it more on the pod here pretty soon when I get into design. Um, but those are, as far as product releases, those are the two things I think that'll fit in the year. Um, getting ready for Blade Show West is a big part of the remainder of the year. Right. Um, which is October, mid October, it's like 10th or so. Okay. It's like second weekend of, of October, something like nice. that. And, uh, so I've got the booth space and everything kind of got a, a game plan. Um, but also in, in conjunction with getting ready for that show, we want to get to where we have the the stabilized products that we're selling. In other words, the ones that aren't like in a launch cycle, Yep. Um, having them inventoried in, in the shop at all times to the extent that orders are built by inventory, not necessarily like made to order from not scratch. Made to order. Like, yeah. And so the benefit of that is that show prep is less critical because we have inventory to take. Definitely. Um, and so that's kind of where we want to get is like phase one, get the inventory phase two, maybe make sure there's a little bit more for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as we have that inventory standing, then we at least have always something to take to a show. Yeah, um, that, I mean, that is that is the prime method. Like shows would not be stressful if for me, if I could assemble load and load product mm-hmm. like that is a very different workflow. Do you have do you have a sense of what you would like for standing inventory? Uh, so the goal right now is the big thing that I'm aware of is not over inventorying Yeah, because over inventorying is one of the most expensive things you can do. Yeah. You're just sitting Um, on money. You're sitting on money and you're sitting on a bunch of time invested. Mm -hmm. You lose the ability to move laterally. Um, it's not something that I want to like go, you know, pile knives up deep. It's, uh, I think what I would want to do is it's like for the scales, I want the inventory to be standing as coupons for the most part. Okay. Um, not machined because they those coupons can become any model like very rapidly. So the inventory so one of, right now one of three models. Yeah, correct. Okay. And so the the inventory of the coupon of the handles will be in the coupon stage. The inventory of the blades I would like to have in the post heat treat stage so that they could either be Cerico or Stonewash. So when I say inventory, I'm not necessarily meaning finished knives. I'm no, saying no, that makes perfect sense. As far <clears> as you can take them before the order is placed, and then yep. they become that order. Yeah, um, that's great. And so I'm thinking, like, I would love to have at least 25 of each model, like, ready to roll in those waiting stages, and then have obviously the other steps leading up to that populated with product that's moving up. Um, but we've never had up to now. We've just never had knives that are heat treated that aren't sold yet. Yeah. which is an awesome thing to have happen. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely puts the fire under us, you know, and it's not exactly the right way to run it in my opinion. Um, so that's kind of what we're charging. Just having, towards. having, having flexibility. Like I have never achieved that level. The closest thing we have is like our SQDs. Mm-hmm. Um, like my mother-in-law called the other day and one of Maddie's friends is getting promoted to commander in the, in the coast guard oh, and they're nice. going and she was like, is there anything that you have that would like be good? And I was like, all right, like I can do, I can do refinish basically a titanium SQD, deep laser engrave, you know, uh, CDR, like Chris Greeno, like, you know, make it super cool and personalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, have, there's like years and years and years of my life where I would not, wouldn't have been able to do anything in mm-hmm. three days. That yeah. ability to like, I think move fast and deliver a product is super, super, super satisfying. That's right. Yeah. That's you know? awesome. And I, I, I did forget one other thing that happened while you're in France. We launched our signature customs page on the I website. I saw that. Yeah. So we did one knife. Yep. I know that's a real like buzzkill to just literally be one knife, but oh, uh, man, you started the process. Yeah. But we're, we're going to be building custom versions of all these knives, these models that are not orderable, that are not configurable. Dude, I um, love it. That are that are based on it, like a kind of a drop model. Yeah. Um, and so it's it adds excitement, it adds fun. I think Dalton's it engages him a lot because he's sure. you know inputting on that. And it, it's it's just an a, there's a certain cross section of I think my customers that do like to have something that's rare. Yep. Um, and that's sort of where we're heading with that. And 
I also I always see it as a peripheral to the main push, but yep. an awesome piece. So. Dude, but that like that's something you and I have talked about a lot, which is like that's just solid brand building because it doesn't it doesn't affect your standard product, but it engages a customer base that might not be your standard. Yeah, Th- those are big wins, mm-hmm. and it and it does it at a pretty minimal like amount of time for you. But I think actually one of the biggest benefits is that Dalton's going to have fun building them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it is. Cause he's like a materials guy. He likes finishes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He likes materials. So that really, I think that's going to play to his strengths. He, he's been excited since like the first day. He's like, man, I can't wait to build customs. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm really looking forward to kind of giving him the reins on doing some cool stuff. I love it. It's interesting, man. I feel like, I feel like your process, like as I've watched this, I think it's almost, I, I don't know how to phrase it, but like, I feel like there, you are in a way in this crux of like, either like, I can't, I can't figure out if it's like a paradigm shift or like a renaissance. Okay. So if it was like a renaissance almost, it, I, I feel like it's kind of going back to like the Sheffield kind of era of knife making where mm-hmm. you, it's, it's production in its efficiency, but it's, but it's like fully custom in, in what the, if the finished product is building. And like a lot of times, like, you know, doing like the flexibility around certain things and like doing exhibition knives and stuff like that. Or it's a paradigm shift because it's essentially custom knife making pushing into a production scale. I think we're, we're obviously seeing it and it's not that you're the first to do it, but I think that you're the way that you are doing it, I think is different than a lot of people who have already kind of approached like, am I custom? Am I production? Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's I think it's I think there's a shift like I'm I'm seeing it affect my thought process around how I produce knives Mm. in the future. And it's not like I haven't been exposed to multiple types of production environment. Yeah. So for me, like I'm I'm seeing something in there that is. It's like different enough from what I'm currently doing, but like relatable enough that it makes it very interesting. Whereas a lot of like more production minded methods, they're just not interesting. Mm, yeah. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it, it does make sense. And I appreciate it. I'll take, I think I take that as a compliment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> either I'm doing something wild and crazy and dumb, or maybe it is something unique, but I guess I, all I can say is I think I'm just following my nose. Like I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it would have been exactly like this if I had designed it from the beginning and set out like with a specific goal in mind. I think it, I, like I said, just followed my nose and just, this is where I am and it's going to keep moving. And I really don't know exactly where we're going. I can just see where I'm just finding where the friction is, where the, where the fluidity is and following the fluidity and yep, just, I don't know. We'll see. Well, we're, I think a lot, we're products of our environment in a lot of ways. And so like what your interactions with what you're making and how, how it's made are, are pretty critical to, if not your entire career, your, the early days of your career. Right. And so your, your input into the industry was different than a lot of people. But now because of that, what you and a few other people are doing is going to shift a bunch of people's first inputs into the industry because they're going to see how you're doing it. They're going to see, you know, kind of this design first kind of automation minded cycle. And it's going to be normal. That's just going to be like, Oh, that's how you, that's how you make this, Mm -hmm. you know? I wonder, yeah, it's, I, I like it, there's a tie in too, like with the way that social media has affected the industry has made things move very quickly. Right. But it's also brought a huge amount of visibility. Right. And so, whereas 
20 plus years ago, you really had to like search for information, uh, which was more available than any, any other time. So you like, you think like forums, right mm-hmm. now it's almost like you have information fed. Yeah. So if you like, if you're interested in knives or interested in knife making or like any other field, once you start to like look for it, then it starts to find you. Yeah. 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 They go algorithmic. Yeah. Uh, content feed. Yep. Yeah. And I think that what that does is it makes, it doesn't give like historical context very well because it moves so quickly, but it does give rapid development in your understanding of like mm-hmm. how things are like, you think about like forging how many years or like decades did you really have to search that out? And now it's like, you can just find anything and mm-hmm. physically watch it. And and with forging, I mean, it's a, it's a hand controlled skill. So it's not like you're telling someone how to program. You're watching someone's physicality and understanding like point A to point B, like here's how I shape this integral kitchen knife. Mm-hmm. Which is a, which is a, a case in point as to why I think sharing your process is so important. Yeah. Um, because people seeing how you do it, whether it's a customer or another maker, I think is, I think the day has come where people are viewing the process very critically as what they're buying. I, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think it used to be like the end product was the focus of the consumer. You, you almost said it. I know I, I, it like bounced into my head about three times right there and I, I held off, but the process of the product. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, I, I do think that that phrase always was true, Yeah, but I think the customers are viewing it that way more than they even used to, because it used to be like, if you were to order a knife, like you look at those odd, uh, those old, like Bob Trisola catalogs, those yep, like yep. brochures, like you just see a knife, right? Yeah. And you might meet Bob at a show or something, but right. you don't really know how he's doing it unless he explains it explicitly to you. And it's like, you're not as concerned about that as you are about like some of the actual black and white of what is the made out of, where is it made? Who is the maker? Um, Whereas now you look at even Bob's feet. I mean, he's advanced with this modern era of showing all these processes. And it just seems like there's almost no better way to bring people into the brand than to show that. Um, Totally. And so I've, I've told that to many people of like, if you're, I mean, I was talking to my brother-in-law, I was like, he's a, he's a painter and like a kind of a handyman. And I was trying to tell him, I was like, if you don't post finished products, but you just post like, this is me painting and this is a problem. Like, look at this sheetrock, look at this texture, like start talking from a human standpoint about yeah. what you're doing. Um, it just seems like the future, you know, yeah, much more interesting than a painted wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great analogy. Um, yeah, knife making has always been, I think, at least in my time has been always pretty like open source, right? We've talked about this, like knife makers are very open with technique. To to a much greater extent extent than I think a lot of fields. That's not to say there's there's not people who have secrets, and not to say that like you should have to share everything you want to do. Um, I will say that as I've been you know thinking about this question of like what is success for a maker, that came up too, which is just like the like the idea that like what you say no to it's like what you can give away. Mm-hmm. So if you're at a point where you can share freely your skills and like techniques and th- even if it's from a thought process standpoint or anything else without feeling like that risks your success, I think that is a marker of success. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. I think in our industry, which is small, the adage that like, a, you know, a rising tide raises all vessels is so important mm-hmm. um, because you, you have other makers of an age that are going to go in different directions. And that's what builds the industry. And I mean, if you look at like, like, you know, what's one of the prime benefits of going to an Ivy league school, it's the network that you leave with. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm knife making or any small industry is no different. It's like, who's, who can you call? <laughs> yeah. Who's in your Rolodex? Like when, when something goes wrong, um, that plays. And I think that, I think that especially for makers that are getting 
or have been in the industry for a long time, like at a point you have to, you have to share knowledge and you have to like build uh, community through mm-hmm. your knowledge. Like I look at guys like, like Bob T right. So working with him tied me into like his system, but, but the, tr- the, the reverse is also true. Yeah. Right. And Bob is probably twice my age. So I hope that when I'm 80, I have the foresight to like be working and helping develop, you know, 30 year olds. Yeah. I think that's really, really, really cool. Oh, for sure. It's, it's a cool industry, man. It's, 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 it seems like it's even getting cooler every day. I, I, I like it, but I got a question for you. Yeah. You were talking about being, feeling a little bit pent up about wanting to work. Like your brain wants to work. Yeah. What is the thing? Like if, if you were just plopped in your shop or your office right now and you had 10 days ahead of you that were just clear schedule, what's the thing that you feel gravitated towards? New model. New model. As the, far as yeah, like design for production or for design, your shop? Design for my shop, which ought, like almost in a way means design for production, right? If like if I'm doing a folder, I'm doing, doing it for both probably. Uh, but I am I am really, really jonesing to have development time. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I met with my business coach yesterday and that was like a big conversation. I was like, I, I can't like the way that life is right now. I'm not feeling like I have the time for like the deep work because I'm, I'm slow. Like I work slowly and I need, I need like consistent focus time. And like, it's just not like that type of work is not there. And so I'm kind of like trying to reevaluate priorities mm-hmm. again, because I realize that like a kind of, I can't, ba- I can't bounce around as much as maybe I used to. And I don't know if this is like, maybe this is like me getting older or maybe this is demands on time, but there's a certain flexibility that I don't feel like, is existing for me. It's like very, very black and white, like Mm -hmm. binary, like, Mm -hmm. okay. Like if I had three weeks, I could probably develop a knife in that three weeks and really enjoy it. But unless I severely curtail like other things that are going on around life and business, like I can't have the three weeks. And so that is, that's kind of what I've been like chewing on during this downtime is like, as it relates to, values and like what I'm overall like wanting for my family and our life. What are the most critical elements of like work and business? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, t- like feeling super pent up. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It's kind of, kind of an angst almost like, yeah, a, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's maker. Tension. It's like totally, totally make yeah. maker angst. And yeah. cause what's happening now is I'll get in the shop a lot of times and it's almost overwhelming the amount of directions that I can go. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that is a fault on my own part of not like having cl- clearly defined goals. Um, I have never, <clears throat> it's like the business plan. I've never, I'm okay at short-term goals, but if you ask me like, where do you want to be in two years and five years? Like I couldn't answer you. Um, it would just be like a nebulous, like in a better position than I'm in now. Yeah. And I think that like this coaching stuff, I think a lot of it is kind of centered around that. Like you start to, you're starting to try to like define and organize like kind of goals and aspirations into like a, an actionable plan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, dude, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. think that's why, I think that's why the hand, like when I made those like, um, cord wrap quikens, I think that's why it was so satisfying was because it was work that I could do in the time that I was given. Yeah. And actually, actually complete it. And it had a beginning and an end. And I'm it had assuming. a beginning and an end. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So do you, have you ever heard of smart goals? Is that like, mm, no, not okay. that specifically. So like, no, it's kind of like self-helpy, but it's like a cool concept, um, which smart goal is an acronym. So it's basically specific, 
measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. So if you look at like, you know, giving yourself a to-do list or a goal or a schedule, like following that like smart acronym is essentially the way that you, or, or a way that you can make a goal clearly defined and achievable. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is kind of like the, so what concept, which is like, I have this goal. Like I want, I want to <clears throat> develop a new knife. So what? Like, so what steps are you taking yeah. to actually get there? And that's kind of, that's kind of been where my head's at lately. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, a structure around the creative process. Yep. It's tricky. Well, it's like building a knife. So that, that was like came up yesterday too, which is like to this day, when I build a pocket knife, I have basically like a submariner's like list. It's like get steel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it starts at the simplest task and it lists every step. And it's, it's not that I couldn't build a folder without it. It's that I don't want to think about the next step. And mm-hmm. I don't want to think, I like, I just want to, I want to be able like, once it's defined, I want to be able to execute. And I think that that is an area where I've, it's been too flexible around work, right? Like I need to say like, Hey, I need, I need three new models this year and then work backwards from that point and build that like step by step yeah. action list. Are, are you able to make a, uh, speaking to that, are you able to make a list like that for a new product development? Yeah, that's, I think so. Um, and I have, I guess I have something kind of loosely written. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, I feel like, I feel like in a certain way, like maybe like writing has some similarities to design. So mm. I know writers that are like, no, that's like the, the den of solitude thing. Like, sure. You could like chip away at writing a little bit, or you can like go to a cabin and write for a month. Yeah. You know, and come out like exhausted and disheveled, but with like content. Mm-hmm. And I feel like where, where I have created flexibility around the business a lot of times it's lacked definition. And so now moving forward, more demands on my time means that I have to define my time that I have available more efficiently. And so that's kind of been the thought process is like, okay, if I say like I need three new models a year, then I need a list of what it takes to complete a model you work backwards, you build the timelines around that. Um, and, and you're becoming kind of a gatekeeper in the sense that if that is a priority, that means you're saying no to a lot of other Mm -hmm. things and opportunities. Um, Mm -hmm. so we're trying to figure that out, like with shows, I know I want to do shows annually. I have not figured out at this point how it fits in and what shows to do annually or how many, you know, cause for years it was like three to six mm-hmm. and that obviously doesn't work right now. Yeah. That's a, that's a deep stack. That's a, it's a stack. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, man, all this stuff, like it, this, the, the vacation, great example. So like I say, I didn't work at all, but like your brain brain's still on it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that there's, there's a lot of value in that kind of like, downtime where the thoughts just kind of like come and go, but you're not, they're not pressed into a daily schedule. Yeah. 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 I I have found that time to think where you're restrained from being able to do anything is, is very productive. I don't know how much time is productive before it becomes unproductive, but like that's, I think I've said before, that's why I like driving so much is the amount of thinking you get to do where you're restrained from being able to, you know, pick something up or do something or, yep. you know, like lose your train of thought because of a distraction. It's like, you just get that zone out time. Um, it's the, it's, and- it's, I think it's one of the best. I, I, I do think it ties into flow state because the, you know how to drive. It's an, it's an activity that is enjoyable. You still have to be present for it, but it's not like super active. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's, it's like, it's almost like a white noise scenario. 
where you are there, but you also have time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to go get my dad from the standpoint of yeah. the drive. Yeah. Because I get two days, basically two days in the truck by myself, like two, like two long, two 12 hour days. Yeah. But on the way back, I also get to go on a road trip with my dad, which like yeah. growing up we did so often, you know? Yeah. It's like a it's pilgrimage and kind of a pilgrimage cool. a little bit. Feels good. I thought about taking Bo, um, but I think that he's six and I think it's just a little bit of a push, not so much for him. He could hang, but I think my dad, who's been living by himself for a lot of years, I think having a six year old on a long road trip on the way home would might be like a little bit too much of a shock to the system. Mm, yeah. So I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. Um, what else, man? Um, well, I'm on a very literal, just like what I'm doing today. No, I guess we could go that route, but on um, we're draining the coolant out of the style. We want full replacement this morning. Um, nice. Get that thing running and, need to buy a transfer pump we've got a solution for now but uh coolant maintenance something that i've kind of been nerding out a little bit on and getting foaming in my coolant it seems to be not stinky it doesn't seem like a bacterial problem but it's foaming a lot more than it ever has and i checked the concentration over the last few weeks and i couldn't figure out what it was and then i heard on i think it was the business and machining podcast that the the anti-foaming agent that's in coolant is one of the first things to like precipitate out of it. Um, Interesting. And I don't know if that's true, but that's what I are hear. You using, are you using tap water? I am. So you could have hard water. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one. Or hard, it's like hard or soft. Something in your water could be off in relation to that coolant. That's very true. Uh, I will say though that over like 12 months, it was all fine. And then mm-hmm. it was just at a, around a year, it just started to foam. So it might, I'm going to replace yeah. it. It might be an age, like a what, degra- what cool degradation. Energy. It's called Ometa, O-E-M-E-T-A, I think. Okay. And it's just, uh, there's a machine distributor here. They sell all the Haas machines in the Valley. Yep. Um, they just sell this coolant and it's just their standard. That's what their they standard. recommend. I've been using um, Hangsterfers, this 506 CF mm. for, I think, almost the entire time I've used my CNC. And what's crazy is like, don't change my coolant. Mm-hmm. I use it. I use a coalescer, which I think you've seen mm-hmm. the from, zebra uh, from zebra. Yep. The coalescer. And I'm actually getting, they have a new one. Um, my pump just went out after 10 years. So I think what I'm going to do is actually just order the new, a whole new system, but that and hangster first, like it, it doesn't work. Really like I add water. Cool. That's it. So tell me this, does that coalescer, does it run just around the clock? Just sits there uh, and does I, it? No, no, I run it on a timer. And so uh-huh. I'll run it like a half hour or an hour, like f- three times a day. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure they have some recommendation, but I just, I've always done it to where it like pulls the tramp oil and oxygenates the coolant. Cause yeah. that's like, like moving the coolant and keeping oxygen in it is like kind of what keeps it from getting, and, and also making sure that tramp oil doesn't like build up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's never stinky. There's never like a, you know, like bacteria. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I add coolant and it, and it has the right like concentration cool. and it, it's, I've been really impressed. Good. Um, I, I need to look into that coolant health. It, it hasn't been like a problem problem, but yeah, I'm now enough years into making <clears throat> yeah. into running, you know, coolant machines that I'm starting to see like, okay, this is something yeah. to pay attention to. Well, and also like, I don't know if you ever noticed like some coolants like will affect your skin. And just like yeah. your chemistry, like there's certain things that like your skin's not going to like. Yeah. Um, so that's one. The only thing that recently I've had a problem with, with hangsterfers is I'm getting some like residue inside my machine, which I never got before. And that could be enough. That's like a function of maybe the water here. Like oil or are you talking like waxy buildup? Mm. Um, there, what is the other one that like a lot of people, I mean, it's like blazer. There's one that's like clear. Uh, you know, those are synthetic. Yeah. It's I like, think. like blazer Swiss yeah. lube or something. Blazer. Yeah. Yeah. Blazer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that one people like speak really highly of like, I'm, I'm tempted to change. Like if I got a new machine, I might, I might give a new cool a try. Yeah. But so the, 
the, what I have heard again, I, I don't know a lot about this, but there's synthetic coolant, which right. is what you see. That's either like blue or clear. It looks like yeah. water. And then there's like the coolant that we usually run. That's whitish and right. that's semi-synthetic typically. Yeah. Yep. Um, and from what I understand in the early days of the synthetic coolants, there was rust problems. Right. Um, a lot of people were getting rusty machines running that. Yep. And then yep, it I've heard that. sounds like they resolved it, but I do think the risk of rust is still significantly Dude, higher. That is, that's like my nightmare. Yeah. It's, it's enough. I've heard enough like horror stories. Like if you yep. watch the old John Grimsmo videos, yeah, he was running that and his machine rusted to pieces uh, with that. It looks like water, you know? Um, but it, yeah, it was that synthetic coolant, like didn't, couldn't stop the rust. Um, but I don't know if that's been fixed. Yeah. No rust Just with angstrophers. It's, it's organic. It's also non-toxic. Mm-hmm. And like, like when I first got it, I was like, yeah, you could drink it. Like it would oh, no, wow. it's like not good for you. you get but it? like, um, I order it from a place in Portland. I'll, I can like send you the details on mm-hmm. it. Um, it's a really pretty blue color. I like, like it. A, and I, like a blueberry milk. Yeah, yeah. Like a, like a light. Yeah. Kind of like a Tiffany blue coolant. It's fancy. Nice. But it's, fancy. I like the blue because I can tell when it starts like just a visual check. It's too rich. When it gets too rich, I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. Like time to time to like yeah. add some water. Cool. Um, but that system, like, are you using any kind of like coolant, like management, like, like a skimmer or. So the style has a skimmer. It's not a skimmer. It's a, it's like a weir integrated yeah. into it that drains the uh that f- that keeps the oil the whey oil from getting in the coolant got for the it, most part it. it actually has a casting that's kind of shaped interestingly so all of the whey oil that is seeping off of the just the general ways is going down the center of the casting and it never touches the coolant and it comes out oh. the back and you'll get a ton a little bit of splashed coolant in there just but there's like a, a box in the back that it all pours into and then huh the coolant separates and drains off back into the tank. If there is a little bit. Okay. And then you just like, there's a ball valve and you can just drain the oil out of that. Um, and so oil in my coolant has almost been zero. Like there's almost none. Like the Tormach had way more oil on the surface than the style ever has. Interesting. Um, it's a, whatever they exactly engineered it to do. It's definitely working. It's doing it. So that, yeah. that actually brings something up. Um, how's the style? It's, Running like a freaking top. Still, I mean, still happy. Yeah. So it's about a year, uh, okay. which is, which is awesome. First coolant change and stuff. And I powered up it. I don't think it's ever glitched or lagged or I don't think it's ever done anything that wasn't. Have you been following along in the Facebook group? Yes. Yep. It seems like recently there's been some like people that are frustrated or unhappy. And like, I yes. can't tell if it's just individuals. You're probably more knowledgeable about the group than I am, but I keep like seeing these little blips of like, I'm upset, like customer service isn't there or, yeah. or I'm having this problem or what's your take on the current situation? So I don't know because I don't have to, I haven't had to rely on their uh, service except for right when it was delivered. And that was just asking questions about yeah. getting it running. Uh, the service is definitely going to never is not anywhere on par with like a Haas just because of the, Right. It's really a part of it is just like there's not a lot of tribal knowledge around the machine. Right. Um, and all, but also like it does seem like it's a little bit more of a like project to get a hold of the right people to answer questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's a fear that I definitely have. If something were to go south on it, I do think you are a little bit out on a limb as far as the possibility of people not being able to answer your questions. Seems like a lot um, of people are problem solving on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is not, not bad if you have the ability to do that. Like, cause you learn more. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, I think that's, if I were styled, that's the infrastructure. I think, I think they have the machines that they need that they, I think they have amazing machines. I think the infrastructure of the service is what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they are, I really don't know. Um, but it's yeah, hard, man. Like my, uh, I think we talked about this, but like the company that built my laser lit laser, just one day was like up and gone. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a concern for me with like, I don't, I don't know. Like not, I think style is a large enough com- company. It sounds like that they've been around a long time and like, that's probably like secure, mm-hmm. but you nowadays it's like a product will come out. It looks like a good product. 
you buy the product and then it disappears. Most recently I encountered this with kind of an overland builder, like for cabinets, um, as I'm looking at like building out the new truck. And when I like searched around, like nobody knew who they were and it's cool product, cool cabinet, but, but nobody knows who they are. And Mm. that is like, well, if you need, if you need support or you, but something gets busted, you need to replace, like, are they actually going to be there? Mm -hmm. And that the laser like gave me such a, (laughs) like such a scare with it. Shot across the bow. I mean, it's like at that point, it's like a $38,000 machine that I can no longer get service for. That's tough. That's really tough. But it's also, it was an American company sourcing Asian lasers and like doing assembly, which means that all of the componentry is still probably available and someone knows about it. It's just not like easily traceable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, again, that's, that is by far, I think the biggest check in the pros for Haas side is that there's no manufacturer in the world of CNCs that has a better infrastructure in the United States than Haas. I mean, and you'll see, I'll see posts in the, in the group where they're like, you know, it still runs circles around my ass. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah. so frustrating. It, that is the frustrating thing. Cause I have seen that too, that like the service problems. And then they're yeah. like, like you said, they do an aside and they're like, I still like it better than Haas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. That's, that is, I think where we're at. If I want to look at it through rose colored glasses, optimistically, yeah. it's that this, the U S market is pretty new for them. Yeah. And they're still working on their, like the English side of their support. Yeah. 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 If I had to guess, that's probably where the hang up here is. And they're yeah. trying to build that out. Um, Has it gotten better in a year? Well, the problem is I just have never needed it. So you've I never just, needed it. It's all anecdotal. You know what I mean? I really don't know. Cause then you'll get some people that say, well, I call them and they answer my questions immediately and solve all my problems. And then somebody, somebody gets left in the dark. It would appear, yeah. but it's well, hard and to that's say. Like, I wonder some of it, is it like operator error? And also are some of these machines like going to people that are newer, are hobbyists and are just like the mistake is on their end or it's like possibility. Yeah. Mm. I, I haven't like figured it out. Yeah. Um, no new machine for me this year. That's my plan. Mm. So I'm like, I'm going to try to do holding pattern, crush a little bit of remaining debt and get some stuff like functioning better. But I decided yeah. like no big machine purchases yeah. this year. Yeah. That's pretty much where I'm at this year is, uh, is a, I guess my big purchase is hiring a full-time employee. That's a big, <laughs> that's a big ad, but obviously yeah. it's working out. Oh yeah. I mean, it's hugely freaking. If you were going to add another machine, would you add another style? Uh, so right now the style is nowhere near its full capacity. I mean, that's beautiful. It's right now. Our machine spindles are not even remotely close to being the bottleneck. Yeah. Um, so as far as having spindles right now, the only spindle I could see adding if we had the space, cause space is not going to allow this, but, uh, would be a, a dedicated machine for Kydex. And I've mentioned that before. Mm. Um, it's only just, it's not from a spindle time standpoint. It's yeah, from yeah. a workflow standpoint to have a different machine. For would that you process. be able to, I mean, like would, you know, with an X carve or something yeah. be like suitable for that? Like a I, small format. I, I do Router? think there's there's a really economical way to approach that. Yeah. Uh, whether it's like a base base Tormach that doesn't have any of the features that are yeah. pretty affordable, or if it is possibly some sort of router type setup. I just think in footprint for you, because like you could essentially have an X carve like under a cabinet or something yeah. that you know rolled out, like almost like yeah. somebody would have like a table saw. Yeah. Like you could have like a pull out X carve. Yeah. I I I don't think. I just don't think we're going to be able to pull off really anything more in our space. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Tormach is perfect for it. It's just, yeah. it is a bummer when it's running handles and handles are low labor, but high spindle time. Cause there's a lot right. of surfacing. And so if it's running handles and it's in the middle and we have like a week of handles to run knives right. that are finished that need sheaths wait because of that. Meanwhile, someone could run the Tormach on the handles because it's very hands-off and then also be making sheaths, which is very labor. It's the opposite right. of that. And so it's it, a yin-yang of handles and sheaths at the same time. It's like the perfect recipe. That's pretty... But we can't do it, right? We got one machine to do that, so... Right. So you just um, have... That's all scheduling. Yeah. And it's working fine, but that's that's probably the biggest thing. Um, but like I said, that's... it. We are 
at capacity. We can, our juice to squeeze is in organization and efficiency yeah. and process improvement. It's, there's nothing left as far as I can tell, um, equipment wise that we could even consider yeah. squeezing. It's actually a good, um, it's like a good place to be at. Yeah. Cause like you're, you're operating. Yeah. You I, and no matter what, it's like adding an employee, it slows you down for a little while at first and like depending on the machine and like the process and getting stuff in, like, yeah, it sounds like you guys just need to be cranking right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel any real friction in our production process. It yeah. feels like it's just working. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I honestly, I just don't have any complaints about our current process. So it's we'll amazing. Just, we'll keep, keep the pedal to the metal doing what we're doing with the equipment we have. Um, and then it's just me getting time to sit down and, and think macro, that yep. macro to do list I told you about, um, and just focus on, just keep on what we're doing. You know, nice. that's kind of, kind of where I'm at. Nice. When's your next downshift? Uh, so that's a great point. Dalton and I've been talking about that. We want to, we want to do one together cause we haven't. Um, and I think I was kind of waiting for this push of these two trips that were back to back to be mm-hmm. out of the way. So it's, I want to say in the next week or two, nice. we're going we're gonna to do one. You'll, you? you'll beat me to it, but my plan is basically to take one as soon as I'm kind of back from New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and I'm feeling like I need it bad. Yeah. So that's going to be the, that's going to be the plan. We are talking about going rock climbing. Ooh, nice. In, one. Indoor rock climbing. Nice. So we did that like, this winter. We took the boys quite a bit. Mm. Pretty good. It's fun. Used, used to love it, dude. It was a childhood thing for me. And then just got out of it somehow. Bring it, bring it back. Are you yeah. still sticking on your, have you been sticking to your gym schedule? So it's changed. What we're doing now is so Dalton and I are doing a workout twice a week before work. Dude, I love it. You're basically Google. Do you have a cafeteria? <laughs> right. Under the under the carport. I, yeah. I, I built an iron pipe, chin up bar. We're doing body weight stuff. Uh, and so it's basically like two days a week we're doing that. And then on like Saturdays um, doing that. And then I try to, I have like this little goal of like, I want to see what I can do pull up wise. Like I, yep. I want to improve my pull up game. And so I, I'm goal. trying to do pull ups every day. So nice. it's just, just a few minutes. Nice. Um, but yeah, Dalton and I kind of got into that, like, uh, uh, pushing each other. What's the word? Um, anyway, we, he, we're peer pressuring each other. Peer, into yeah, dude, that's great. Working positive in. peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Accountability. Accountability. I don't know why partner. I couldn't think about that. Dude. I lo- <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. How about, how about you? Nice man. Uh, <laughs> like such, I think the opposite side after a, uh, mess my back up. Um, I've been going to the chiropractor two times, three times a week. Um, nice thing is that is like on the tail end and it's like feeling much better. And I'm just, I'm mostly just trying to like stay active. I have not had a gym schedule. Um, so I'm just trying to make sure that I'm surfing and doing that, but I am now getting ready to start back. Nice. With some kind of like more structured workout schedule. Quick side note. I know this episode's running long, but we haven't talked in forever. So I guess I'm fine with it. But I had a, a major life hack that I Ooh. discovered that my dad's been talking about for years that I okay. finally, finally listened to the old man, you know. Um, so I wake up with a crazy brain fog in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've always been a victim of that. Like the first hour of the day, I always feel confused. Yep. Is the best way to describe it. Like I just can't get my head on straight. Um, and so I started getting straight out of bed and getting into a cold shower. Oh yeah. And it like completely eradicates that fog in seconds. It's like 14 cups of coffee straight to the brain. Yeah. And it has resolved so many issues I've had in the morning. And so that I've always tried to work out in the morning because now with kids just can't really afford to lose another hour, hour and a half in the afternoon. So I've never been able to stay with it because I'm just so foggy. Like I can't get myself to do it. The cold shower was the, that was the key. That was, it's funny. There's like an intestinal fortitude component of that too, because it's actually hard. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable, Mm -hmm. especially if you're going into a cold shower and not starting with a cold shower or starting warm and like running cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know who Wim Hof is? Mm -mm. Okay. That's your homework. Okay. The Iceman. Iceman. Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Dude. Okay. Deep breathing and cold plunges. He's awesome. Yep. 
<laughs> nice, man. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. cold showers are, are great. So I've been doing way more reading since I started doing that because I can get my head around reading earlier and before I go to work. And then also the, the workouts that I do in the morning are way more effective. And yep. it just, I don't, I think I'll do it forever. It's like the new, it's instantly was so valuable. So that I, it's gotta keep so doing it. good. I think it was, I mean, it, it triggers like fight or flight. It does. There's like a bunch of systems that it like engages. Um, dude, maybe that's like, Maybe when we get to a point where we can have our like annual summit, maybe what the summit is, is like a, is a, is a big downshift. Yeah. Like all right, we're going to Iceland. going to go sauna. You can do a real Cold ice plunge. bath. Yeah. So I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, let's wrap it. Um, mm-hmm. Guys, sorry for the, the huge gap. Um, life happens. Um, what, what do you think our schedule is? Like I'm gone for a week or two. I should, I should be able, we should be able to start sneaking in an episode a week again, I think. Yeah. I, I'm August is a lot more stable for me. Like okay. it, it, I'm kind of keeping it that way kind of okay. for the next six weeks or so is I'll probably be doing stuff on the weekends, but I just can't afford to stack the, like four or five day trips like I yeah. have been. So that's where we're at. Uh, yeah. So yeah, okay. it should be good moving forward. Cool, man. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Leave us a review and tell us how late we've been with this yeah, episode. Yeah. You, you guys can scold us. I mean, yeah. like we, we deserve it's it. Good. Hopefully That's someone's it. still listening. Yeah. Um, right. All right, man. Talk, uh, talk soon. Peace.